Welcome back to the Two Brothers 10 Years podcast. This is Patrick. Uh, happy to be back. Sorry I missed last week, uh, but you did a great job while I was gone. So thank you for filling in so I could uh, get some projects done around here. Hey, you are welcome. It is it is a little weird being solo, though. It's it's like having a conversation with yourself, only you don't really hear anything back. So happy to yeah, have I you. Mean, we, we... We started this podcast with the idea that it would be just kind of a laid-back conversation between two people, and uh, it's different when you're by yourself because you can't have that conversation, so we'll try to keep it, the two of us, as much as we can. Amen to that, that's for sure. Well, how are things? How you doing? Been a while since I've seen you. I know, this whole COVID stuff, it's, man, I'm just getting sick of it, but no, we're good, uh everything's kind of starting to go back to normal my wife is kind of going back to her her job back in the tumbling gym so that's a whole nother half an hour spiel about how they're doing that but it's kind of feeling like returning back to normal got a new holster in the mail today so i'm pretty excited about that so things are going pretty good here what about over there well things are going well here um, but I got to say, I'm a little bit irritated about something, and I was hoping we could turn it into our topic for tonight. Uh, I wanted to talk about the mainstream media for just a minute, if that's okay with you, um, because there are some things going on right now that just irritate me uh, beyond belief. Um, anyway, if you don't mind, I'd like to, to take a few minutes and talk about them. Can I get, take, can I get three guesses on what's upsetting you? Uh, please, yes. This will be a fun little game. Okay, we know you know the games we like to play. Um, number one, double standards. Number yes. two, uh, what's the word? How do how do I say this? Um, exaggerating the situation. Okay, yeah, that would be good. Um, and my third guess would be hmm, complete media bias. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you could put it that way. Okay. Um, I'm specifically thinking of three stories, and each each one of those stories maybe uh, lines up with one of your guesses. Uh, the biggest irritant for me right now is that double standard. Um, this whole it, deal with Biden and Tara Reid and compared with Kavanaugh uh, is just driving me crazy. It's bad. It's so bad. Like, I remember uh, when Brett Kavanaugh was being tried, or not tried, but being interviewed for the Supreme Court, you know, a whole, what was it, five minutes ago, and how with no evidence whatsoever, people who she said remembered, I think it was Blasey Ford, um, people who she said would remember didn't remember, and they raked him over the coals. And Oh, yeah, we had hours and days of deposition and investigation the fbi got involved to investigate the claims how none of that is happening which by the way if you compare miss ford's allegations and tara reed's allegations tara reed's are far more credible than miss ford's were um i don't understand for a minute how this isn't being investigated more thoroughly oh i'm with you dude it's and I don't I don't really understand how people can like watch the news and be like, hmm, this is journalism. Like I don't know how someone right or left 
can sit here and watch what's going on and be like, wow, they're objective. Like nothing's going on that shouldn't be going on. Like these guys are doing a good job. Like it's just so blatant and just so obvious that it just bugs the heck out of me. One of one example of this, our our local news here, KSL, um, is probably the the news I follow the most here locally. They had day after day coverage of the Kavanaugh hearings. There has been one, and I I mean only one article that mentions the allegations against Joe Biden, and it came I don't know three or four weeks after the allegations had risen to the surface. Uh, I I could not I actually called KSL. Uh, to complain to them because it just I couldn't fathom why this story wasn't being covered more. I've actually talked to people who don't even know about it. Um, uh, well, especially in light of the Me Too movement and the Believe All Women movement, like I don't know how this isn't being covered more is beyond me. Oh, I'm with you. And just going on on KSL real quick, I commented on one of their posts on Facebook because the headline was it was that first opening weekend of Utah. It was like. Utah adds another death to coronavirus amid weekend opener, which completely makes it sound like because we started reopening, someone died. And I was, I commented, I was like, this is so blatantly false and misleading to think like this person probably had COVID weeks before this and just happened to, to pass away this weekend when we open. But it's just like, you, why would you pose it as it's the re, it's the fault that we are reopening that this person died? Like it's just asinine. Yeah. So let's let's talk about some of these statistics. We'll transition to my second beef with the news. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I think COVID is worthy of us taking some precautions, and I think it is a big deal. And I don't want to devalue loss of human life, certainly. But at the same time. Um, how this narrative has changed from week, week to week is is startling to me. I don't know if you remember when we first went into lockdown, what was the purpose of the lockdown that we were told by the mainstream media? To remember? Uh, flatten the curve, not to overwhelm Flat, the healthcare system. Flatten the curve, not to overwhelm the healthcare system. There was absolutely no talk of waiting this out um, or you know being on lockdown for weeks or months at a time. Um, it was to limit the run on the hospitals, which, by the way, never happened. Correct. Uh, even in New York, they had all of the beds, hospital beds that they needed uh, for the people who who were sick enough to be in the hospital. Um, and, and the ventilators, they, they figured out pretty quickly that ventilators aren't saving as many lives as they thought they were. And now, again, I'm not saying it's not worth us having ventilators to use to give them a try. Uh, but at the same time, it just that narrative has completely changed. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's pretty terrible. Um, just I mean, the fact is, and this may come as a shock. It's like what what you what we said at the beginning, like the whole point of this was to lower the curve. Well, the curve's been lowered. Um hospitals are prepared like the only thing that the the original lockdown was to do was to give us some time to get ready um and i think a big thing that people are thinking is like oh after the lockdown everything will be just dandy we'll have a vaccine there's no guarantee that we'll ever have a vaccine for this i know that's kind of scary for people um but i mean think about the flu we have a vaccine for the flu for certain strains and it still kills hundreds of thousands of people every year 
and we can't cure the common cold. I mean, we haven't, we can fight like strep throat and things like that, but there's not a vaccine for it. So I think this, this big push to that we ha- we can't come out until there's a vaccine is just to keep people in their homes and completely dependent on the government. It, I think what people need to realize is this: we can't wait this out. There's there's never a scenario that will play out where this virus will magically go away if we stay locked down long enough. At some point, it's going to spread. So we, have, we really have two choices. We can either start opening things up and start working towards herd immunity, uh, be that through vac- vaccination or by just straight up exposure, or we can stay locked down until the end of time. Because at some point, we, we, we the people are going to be exposed, and I think it hasn't been communicated very clearly to people that they there is going to be a jump in numbers when we start opening up. There is going to be a jump in numbers, but what the media hasn't communicated very well lately is that the whole purpose of this quarantine was for hospitals to prepare to handle what was coming. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the idea that news media is reporting that numbers are going up because we're opening up well of course they are but that is going to happen if we open up today or tomorrow or a year from now at some point we're going to have to open up and at some point people are going to be exposed and as people get exposed cases are going to go up well i think too there's this whole idea that we as a people are it's just going to magically happen like you said like there's no there's there's nothing that we will be able to do and i think something that's really ridiculous is like in utah like if you look at the statistics it has like over actually hold up i'll give you exact numbers because we're going to be official on this utah covid 19 cases okay so it says that we have 5,724 confirmed cases in Utah, okay? It also shows that we have 2,640 recovered. So in my mind, our confirmed cases should be 5,724 minus 2,640. The whole point is if you just look at confirmed cases, they're just going to go up and up and up and up, and they're never going to come down. There's a problem with looking at accumulation numbers because accumulation numbers are always going to go up. Um, that's why I get statistics. You can make some scary-looking graphs by just looking at pure accumulation because you're right. No matter what happens, that number is going to go up, and it's going to get added to every single day. It should not be the number that we're going off of. I was trying to explain this to mom. Mom asked me the other day how we can even think about opening when we're still having the same number of cases every day as we had, you know, a week or two ago. Um, and, and if you read carefully what the governor originally proposed when it came to opening, and this I don't know if this is true of other states as well, but it wasn't so much about the number of cases diagnosed every day. It was about the number of cases that are passed every day. For example, you have a ratio um, at the beginning of this, it was something like a one to five or a one to six ratio, meaning for every one person that had it, they were passing that virus on to five or six other people compared to the seasonal flu, which is one to 1. 1.5. That's a pretty startling um, 
passing uh, ratio. What we've done in the state of Utah is we have lowered our passing ratio now down to under one to two, meaning right now in the state of Utah, everyone with coronavirus is passing that virus on to less than two people, which was what the governor was shooting for when he said we could transition from what he called red to, I don't know, what is it, reddish yellow or reddish orange um, to that next stage. So if you look at the numbers, yes, we are continuing to have about the same number of new cases every day. But what people aren't considering is, statistically speaking, the more cases we have, that number of confirmed cases per day should be going up. So the fact that it's staying the same is actually a really good sign because it means that those who have been infected are not passing that on um, at the same rate. But of course, the news can't communicate that idea. They only show the accumulation numbers. And I just actually went on to the coronavirusutah.gov website, and the numbers are a little bit different than what Google told me. Um, so according to this, which was updated today, there's 6,362 total cases with 150,585 people tested and only 517 hospitalizations. So even that in itself, out of the 6,000-plus cases, only 500 have been hospitalized. I mean, that says a lot. And out of, I mean, so Utah, Salt Lake County itself has had 3,000 of those cases, so about half of those cases, and only 294 hospitalizations. But in Salt Lake County is 1.01 million people. So 3,000 out of 1.01 million people have been affected. And that is granted, a, very a lot small. of that is probably because of the lockdown, the fact that it hasn't been more than that. Right. But we can't do this indefinitely. I mean, it's just, it's not plausible. Yeah, and it's just something we got to get over. Like, I think the media has done a great thing about scaring people into not wanting to open. And I think, too, a lot of people, and I'm included, like, give people the option. Like, if I'm willing to take the risk to go to the gym, then I'm willing to take the risk to go to the gym. You know, like that doesn't affect you at all. If you if you want to stay home and you want to still be in quarantine, that's perfectly fine. That's why we have a freedom to choose. But to have these mandatory lockdowns going all over the country for really no reason other than to keep people inside, it's just give people the choice. Like let people, we as a people can decide for ourselves what we are willing and not willing to do. Yeah, I, I, I maybe disagree a little bit. Um, I think the lockdown served their purpose. Um, and I think it was a good thing, at least for the first little while. Um, but like I said, it's more that media narrative change where originally it was to flatten the curve, but we flattened the curve enough that our hospitals are not being overwhelmed and not being overrun. And now I'm starting to agree with you. I think it's time that we, start letting people make those decisions for themselves. Uh, so maybe, and, you know, certainly we're both entitled to our own opinion. I think the, the one place we might disagree is I think it, initially it was probably a good thing, um, but I agree with you in that it's it's time to start ending this uh, and ending it quickly um, because at some point we're going to have to. It's kind of like ripping the Band-Aid off. We've been trying to peel that Band-Aid off so slowly uh, and those little hairs are getting ripped out uh, it's time just to grab the corner of that Band-Aid and just rip it off. Oh, yeah. And I'm with you. And I do think the lockdown served its purpose in the beginning. 
but I do think it is time. Like we cannot, we cannot keep going with this. Um, and I think that just to tie that back into Joe Biden and Tara Reid, like the fact that the media can control so many people's perception of reality, what's going on is absolutely ridiculous. Like you said, why Joe Biden and Tara Reid isn't the number one thing being blasted on every single news network 24 hours a day is beyond me. Well, this is actually a great transition to my third complaint with the media. Um, so Don Lemon today went off on a rant. I think it was Don Lemon. I can't remember. They're all the, the same person, same robot, just with a different voice. <laughs> um, I think it was Don Lemon who went off um, about, you know, there's been a lot of news media focused on the Flynn investigation uh, and how he was probably targeted very inappropriately um, through some pretty sketchy legal stuff. Um, and, and Trump has been talking a lot about it, and the news media has been talking a lot about it. And this reporter for CNN just went – actually, it might have been Chuck Todd from MSNBC. Anyway, one of the robots um, went off about how dare we talk about Flynn when COVID is happening. Um, as if COVID should be the only news story, as we should, as as if we should be ignoring everything else, like a potential really serious ethical violation by the Obama administration and Comey and some of the FBI, as they really, I mean, t- targeted Flynn and tried to destroy his life and threatened him and did some pretty terrible things uh, to try to get him to admit that he lied, which you know the verdict is still out on whether that actually happened um but again how is the media not covering this like if this had been something trump had done if trump had used his political clout to get to push you know for an fbi investigation that was pretty sketchy on an individual and the, and the fbi used some pretty sketchy stuff to get them to confess that would i mean there, there's nothing else they would be talking about um, oh, but now here we have these reporters who are lecturing us for daring to be concerned about some pretty solid evidence of corruption by a previous administration. Uh, how dare we talk about that? And well, it just goes back to, I think one of the things we mentioned at our, on our first podcast, first couple of podcasts, it's when we have so much of this news cycle going around, you, you don't report the news anymore. You report political commentary. Um, and, that, and that's the sad thing about it is we've, and especially now, we've gotten so far deep into political commentary that there really is no more news. And what what news is out there is, you know, it's it's difficult to ascertain whether or not it's accurate. My wife and I were joking earlier today about that Facebook idea that was going around from the beginning of this virus that if you took a sip of water every 10 minutes, it would wash the virus down your throat into your stomach acid. And I mean, A, how do people believe that to begin with? But B, and this is what I asked my wife. I was like, so is this all like some entity that just like enjoys creating false (laughs) stuff and seeing how many people believe it? Or is this just like, this is kind of my dream now. My dream is to create a viral social media post that's completely untrue but gets spread around just because it sounds like a good idea to some people. Um, And so I see that and I see how many people fell for that, not realizing that this is a respiratory virus, so it probably doesn't enter your body through your, you know, esophagus. And I 
I see how many people fall for that, and I'm like, no wonder the news media has so much control over us, because people will believe anything. Um, Especially if it comes from a source that, you know, all you have to do is pretend that your, you know, girlfriend's sister's doctor made this statement to her while she was there for an appointment, and all of a sudden everybody believes it. No, it's it's like what you said. Uh, The greatest thing about the internet is anyone can say anything about anything, and the worst thing about the internet is anyone can say anything about anything. Well, I I think a lot of this falls to us, the consumer. We are not very discerning consumers of our news. Um, I mean, how many people spend hours researching a particular product on Amazon, looking at reviews and reading up on it, but then the same people believe everything they read online or everything they hear on the news? Uh, We are not very discerning. We, We like to have our news spoon fed to us. And like the baby who doesn't like sweet potatoes, but mom and dad force them to eat sweet potatoes, we just we take it in um, without ever looking into the issues for ourselves. And to me, that's really frustrating. And then it scares me even more that people are, you know, these are the same people who are voting, who are falling Mm -hmm. into these just absolute traps. And not that I think there should be some sort of requirement beyond what currently exists to vote, although that that might be an interesting conversation for a little later. I have a pretty controversial opinion on who should be allowed to vote. Um, But uh, it scares me that some people are allowed to vote when they're the same people who fall for, you know, the fact that this February has four Fridays, four Saturdays, four Sundays, four months, you know. Well, that happens every February, except actually the year that that went out because it was a leap year. So, Um, Anyway, I digress, but I feel like we're not very discerning consumers of media. And if we spend as much time researching our media as we did researching the griddle we're going to buy on Amazon, um, I think that might benefit us just a little bit. No, I'm with you, dude. And and I think think people are starting to wake up a little bit, Um, especially people who are in these really leftist states are starting to wake up and be like, listen, you guys can't tell me what to do. Um, and I, I've been really happy with William Barr, the attorney general, you know, very much stating that rights cannot be infringed um, through all this, even though they are. Um, but I think we're, we're, we're starting hopefully a little bit to wake up and to smell the roses and to realize that, hey, things aren't the way they should be. But we need to hold people accountable is basically what I think it, it comes down to is holding people accountable. Amen to that. Um, well, this has been a really good conversation, probably about time to wrap up, unless anything else you want to bring up or talk about. You know, I am good tonight. I am. I think we've, we've hit a lot of the things that I want to talk about. Um, and we kind of covered a broad little area in the last 23 minutes. But I think I think that I'm I'm good unless you have anything else. Nope. I would just extend, you know, the invitation to people. Be discerning in your news. Don't even just believe us. Look into some of these things for yourself. Look into the Tara Reid allegations. Look into the issue with Michael Flynn. Look into some of the COVID statistics that you have to dive a little deeper to see. Um, because that's the only way you can make informed decisions. Uh, and that's really what I think the next few years are going to come down to 
and why the next few years are going to be so critical in terms of elections and the way the economy is run and how we get out of this present situation we're in, it's going to have to come down to the average citizen making really good, informed decisions. And I think we're missing a lot of that today. I think we are too eager to be spoon-fed the information that people are so willing to give, and they're so willing to give it because it fits their agenda and their narrative. Uh, Don't be one of those people. Be a discerning consumer of news who really takes the time to understand the issues, and it's only by every citizen of the United States taking the time to really understand the issues that we're going to be able to get out of some of the messes that we're getting ourselves into uh, in the, you know, in the coming years. Amen to that. Um, I think that's an excellent point to leave off on. Um, once again, for everyone, like, subscribe, share, and follow us on Instagram at two brothers, 10 years and email us at two brothers, 10 years at gmail.com and continue to stay safe. Like we really hope everyone's staying safe out there. Use common sense, even though it's not so common anymore. We really appreciate everyone who's taking the time to listen to all Patrick and I rant. And we just want to say thank you. Um, seriously, thank you to everyone. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll close this out today. Um, once again, this is the Two Brothers 10 Years podcast. And thank you for listening. <laughs>